We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have refer people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6766 or go to piperelectric.com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes, and you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Today, this Tuesday episode, we finally have the return of AJ Hayfleet to the podcast. AJ, how was your vacation? How you doing? Are you excited to get back on the pod? Uh, which question should I answer first? Pick a winner. <laughs> I'm great, man. Uh, vacation was amazing. I gotta say, uh, I've talked a lot of smack about Winnipeg in the past. Uh, but to be honest with you, um, having spent a lot of time there now, uh, you know, hanging out downtown, kind of exploring the city and what it has to offer. Uh, it's an awesome city, man. Uh, I really, I really did like it. Uh, I had a wonderful time there. I loved going to the to Shaw Park. It's a beautiful baseball stadium. Uh, very intimate, very awesome. I had a great time both games I went and attended. Um, the Forks is really cool, hanging out down there and going to get food and uh, chilling by the river and all the different things that that happen it's honestly man i it's crazy i'm i i had such an amazing time and you know i uh uh was was happy that it was the city that i decided to uh uh get engaged in so you know i'm obviously she had a say in that oh. <laughs> uh, so her her deciding that she said yes to 
uh, me officially asking was was pretty awesome. Well, yeah, there you go. I didn't know if you wanted to to make it official publicly, but congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, I I appreciate it. I mean, I put it on Instagram, so oh, okay. anybody, you know, it, it's not like I'm out there hiding about it. I'm not an Instagram um, person, so I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, Instagram and Facebook, I keep a little, I, I just a little bit more uh, intimate. I don't, I don't like advertise them. You know, I I don't treat it like I do my Twitter. Uh, obviously I didn't, I didn't want to put it on Twitter. I wasn't comfortable with that. Um, but we're both really excited and, um, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lucky dude. It was, it was a great vacation. I, everything was awesome. Uh, up until the very, very, very end when I was, uh, driving back from Winnipeg into North Dakota and the Avs decided to sign Val Nachushkin. Well, I was at in Grand Forks at the uh, Flying J getting and getting an energy drink. I was gonna say you almost made your entire vacation <laughs> without the Avs doing anything, but not quite. Uh, yeah, it was. I just yeah. We'll definitely we'll definitely get into that. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Honestly, it's it's the news of the day. Or I, I think I we'll start with that top ten list. Okay, you fools all right. To bust out all with. right. Well, <laughs> we got to get to that because I was listening. That was the only podcast I tried to listen to uh, during the week. I listened to all the others yesterday while during the drive. But I was curious about the top ten list. Adam Foot outside the top ten is insane. Okay, <laughs> I am saying this right now. It's insane. It's inexcusable. It is an embarrassing omission. There is no way in hell that should have been allowed to happen. Luke, I get, I get that Luke is is young and uh, does not does not have the same appreciation for what happened uh, during. You know, I gosh, I don't even. He had to have been born. Uh, it's only only was for the second cup. So. He said, yeah. Yeah, but he he had to have been he was a he was like two years old when that yeah. had to have happened. So right. uh, no, he does not remember Adam Foot as Adam Foot, and so that that was an insane omission. And Milan Hayduk at eight is crazy, crazy pants to me. Uh, for me, the top three, uh, I I think Forsberg has to be third. I don't think you could make a good argument uh, that he gets that 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 he can be in the top two. Uh, they won. They won that second Stanley Cup without him. Yeah, they, you remember they certainly um, did. I, he injury so, problems are the reason to put him at three. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. And that's why I do have him at three. You know, all the other abilities, um, availability is a skill. We talk about it all the time, and he just didn't. It was the only skill, maybe in his entire life, that he has not met. He did not master during his career. So uh, that was a for me. It was an obvious. I would have Wah at one and Sakic at two, but to me they're completely interchangeable. Yeah, I don't see I don't see a strong argument for one over the other in any way. Um, just a, in Abs history and hockey history, I would take Wah over Sakic, just because one revolutionized his position, um, and in in a single in a singular way that was. Uh, I mean, the, the butterfly goaltender was like the entire. Like all like like Patrick Wall was that guy. Yeah, if you want to include everything he did in Montreal and everything, arguably the best player ever to play his position, it's it's hard not to put him at one at that point. Definitely, but for an Abs career, uh, I I think it's I I would have them on equal footing. I would put Wall one and Sakic two, but it, they're they're seriously they're interchangeable. Right. Uh, 
I I, w- I would probably have both have them at one and then Forsberg at three. Uh, for me, I think Hayduke is is the easy four there. Yep. Uh, I don't see a really good argument for anybody else being at four. I think that puts foot at five. For again, for me, uh, five <laughs> foot is there at five. Um, I could see an argument if people wanted to say that Rob Blake was more important to that 01 um, cup run and that he was a better player than foot because he was. Um, and, and he was here for several years. So he had a little bit of longevity to him as well. He was outstanding all of his years here. Um, you could, you could sell me on it. I would disagree, but I could at least understand the reasoning. Um, but for me, it's foot five and then Blake six and then Tangay seven. Uh, and then I honestly haven't given any thought to eight through 10, but it would be, it would be some combination of, I would say McKinnon, Landeskog, and either Stasny or Lyles. Interesting. Okay. I Or Varlamov, honestly. I'm with you on Hayduke. Uh, yeah, Varlamov is one I had, well, would consider in the top 10 as well. Certainly the yeah. second best goalie ever. Oh, I mean, not even a question. Yeah. Um, but... On foot and Blake, I agree with you in that they're interchangeable. They're kind of tied for me. Granted, I have them tied at eight. It, they certainly deserve to be on the list. I'm, I'm with you there. But on the whole, Adam Foot, great player, will always be remembered for what he has done with the Avs. Mm-hmm. His play style is just not going to stand the test of time. It's not going to be remembered. It, it doesn't have to. In a top 10 list, to consistently make the top 10 list, especially 20 years from now, it does. But it's not 20 years from now. It's today. And it's already seeing him start to fade. Look at what but his play style, His play style in the, NH- in, the 20, in the NHL today is irrelevant. His play style but in, that- his, in, his, in his era, he can only play in the era in which he played. This is the same argument that people make to, to, to take Wayne Gretzky down a peg by saying, well, the goalies were bad. Well, all the other guys faced the same goalies, and they didn't have nearly the same level of success. Foot could only play in his era, and he was among the best at what he did in his era with that play style. So how how his personal play style holds up in, in the scope of NHL history just isn't relevant when you're talking about a top 10 list. I mean, I think it is. When you're ranking the players, he's not going to be one that's remembered. Luke didn't have him in his top 10 because what does Luke get to see of Adam Foote? He gets to see highlights of him roughing up people in the corners. Granted, he's one of the best ever to do that, but that's not going to catch people's eye. It's not interesting enough. It's not the flashy goal scoring type of thing that gets you onto the top 10 list. Yeah, but good, great defense gets you paid and and keeps you employed that great defense isn't going anywhere. Like, we're talking about a guy's play style. He was a great defender. He shut down Keith Kachuk in the 0-1 Western Conference Finals against the Blues and was a huge reason they won that series. I don't know why I don't know why that play style would disappear. Great defense is great. Adam Foote would succeed in today's NHL. He was a great skater. He wasn't, like, elite in, ter- in terms of how fast he was or in terms of, like, the the flashy kind of Gerard Macar Barry kind of skating that we're that we see, but he was a great skater. He was unbelievably good on his edges. 
He was dominant in the corners. He did everything that a defenseman needed to do. Plus, he was the meanest SOB that they had out there. And all of that added up. He was one of the best defensive defensemen of his era. He was awesome, man. Like yes. he was a he was a great defensive defenseman. And he was limited offensively, which is why they had to go out and get Rob Blake. And like the reason why I I I have him kind of in that like next tier of of Av's greats is because there was a level above his. He wasn't he wasn't the best defenseman. He only showed up on uh Norris balloting twice in his career. Right. And and you know, he certainly wasn't like an all-star kind of guy where he was going to have the flashy offensive numbers to make a career. I mean, guy played almost 1200 games. He had 308 points. You know, like he had a, he had a career high of 31 <laughs> points in his career. Not, not going to put up big numbers. Right. Like not that, that just wasn't, it was not who he was offensively. He wasn't asked to play that way. He wasn't, you know, he certainly didn't get power play time. You know, if you look at his career, God, I don't even know how many power play points he had in his career. It's like, it's, it's like 50. So, um, this, this, he was just a, he was a defensive defenseman and there's always going to be a need for those guys in the NHL. That's never going to go away. Even in this, in this era of, of, you know, go, 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 go with the, with the, the, the focus on skating, you need stay at home guys. You know, it's just that the stay at home guy looks like Sam Girard instead of Adam Butch. Right. I mean, there are pretty much every defenseman on the Avs right now. I would take Adam Foot over at least in his prime. Yeah, obviously in the long run you want Kale McCarr, maybe Sam Gerrard. You can make a case for over him, but he yeah. would drop immediately onto the Avs top pairing this year if he was in his prime. That's great. That doesn't make him a top ten player necessarily in Avs history. Yeah, but I mean, he. This is a guy that played seven hundred and sixty games in an Avs sweater and was the was the number one defenseman for most of those years. Great. And you know, he was, and he was the number, number one defenseman on a, on a cup winning team in 96. And he was a number three defenseman on an insanely stacked blue line on a cup winning team in 01. Like he, he accomplished more than the current abs ever have. So I can't put anybody that's currently an ab ahead of him. Because they haven't accomplished anything I, meaningful. I think you can make a case for McKinnon ahead of him, legitimately. I, I don't, but uh, that's McKinnon, again, no accomplishments. Like, he got second in the heart voting, and that's that's it. That's what he's accomplished. A second in the heart voting is way more of an individual no, accomplishment not, than Foot has sure, on his resume. Sure, but what did it, what did it mean? Ultimately nothing, but what did Foot's Norris, Norris voting years mean? They didn't win no. cups in those years either, so. I mean, nothing, but... They won. They won cups when he, in which he was a major, major, major part of that team. He averaged twenty five minutes a night on the O one team. Right. I, look, the cups are great. They're not individual awards. Yes, you can make the argument that the Avs don't win the cups without Foot, and they probably don't. But it's more than just Adam don't. Foot when it comes into those. Factors. For sure, and I'm not. I'm not assigning the cups like. And I. I hate when people. Use like the oh, but that's that's a team accomplishment for an individual thing. But when you're comparing like players here, what they've actually won in their careers makes sense. Nathan McKinnon has won one playoff series. Yeah, sure. And if you and he's had two great, he's had two elite seasons. Two.
Like, it, I don't think it'll be long till McKinnon passes him on my list. But we didn't make the list two years from now. We made the list today. And so for me, Adam Adam Foote is still there. It's up to those the rest of those fools to continue to do what they want to do. It's up it's up to Landeskog. It's up to McKinnon. It's up to all those cats to make the move to continue being great because that's what Foote did for thirteen years as an Av. That's what he did. He was the man on that blue line, even when they were bad and he wasn't as good anymore. He was still Adam Foote and he was still fairly dope. Oh, I, I was in the building for his last shift, and it was so, so cool, man. Everybody was going crazy because he committed, like, four interference penalties on that poor oiler in the corner. Uh, it was it it's, was just glorious. I guess it's just kind of that time. The, the turnover is coming for the Avs, and some of the biases towards the old glory years and those players, it's starting to shift. It, well, and that's that's only a good thing. That just is, means that that just yeah. means that the Habs finally got good players <laughs> <Right>. after, <laughs> after ten years. You'll notice any player from about two thousand six to two thousand thirteen is nowhere near this list, right? Like I had like Paul Stasny was like maybe, yeah, right. <laughs> like maybe Paul Stasny, maybe John Michael Lyles, maybe Semyon Varlamov, like. Maybe at ten because I think I think Landeskog and McKinnon are are in my top ten, and then it's really like that tenth spot where I'm like, mm. and that spot will be Rantanen's very very soon. So <laughs> right, like it. Well, and then Rantanen's going to be trying to hold off Kale McCarr, and then right, like, right. <laughs> all these guys are going to be pushing Alex Tangay off the list in seven years. Like this is this like this current crop has the potential to just like dominate that top ten list. At yeah. some point. It's just not there yet for me. Well, hopefully it's sooner rather than later that it gets there for you. Yeah, well, I mean, that's only a good thing. That would only that would only be a good thing because for me, the next step, the individual stuff is great. It, that has to continue. But these guys need to start winning. They need to start winning stuff uh, to, in order to, to move up and pass guys who did. You know, Foot, Foot has two Stanley Cups. You know, Milan Hayduk has a has a Stanley Cup and won the Rocket Richard. Yep. Like you we go out and go out and win something that isn't the friggin' Calder. <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to cut off the top ten list. Maybe someday we'll knock back a few beers and, and do a bottom ten list. I was talking about that on Twitter the other day. I don't that even know where you could start with that because there have been there are so many like no. bad guys that just cycled. It, no, it, it has to, to be like like yeah. minimum of a hundred games played. Well, we did that for the the top ten too. Just yeah, to, I would not have Bork in my top ten right. just for what it's worth. He was extremely important for the eighteen months that he was in Colorado, but that for me that wasn't enough. Like you need longevity and accomplishments and greatness. Uh, all added up, and for me, it just wasn't quite there. Right, as great as Ray Bork was, even with the Avs, yeah, definitely. Ray Bork at forty is not Ray Bork at twenty six. <laughs> I mean, he still had a fifty, what fifty five yeah. point season his last still year. Ridiculous! I was insane, but, man. Yeah. When he, he was, was in his prime, he's putting up like four hundred shots a year, and it's like, what is happening? Yeah, God, God, dude, he was he was so nuts to watch, even as an old dude. All right, well. 
as Ray Bork puts down shots, I'm not much of a shot man myself. I'm more of a beer drinker, so it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer, and make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You can see all of the events we have planned on on there and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and come out and have a good time with us. We will be back in segment two with probably more arguing and some Val Nichushkin. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. We've covered the top 10 list. AJ has picked his bones there. Wants Adam Foot in, wants Hayduk up the list. I don't know if I fully disagree with him. Certainly not on Hayduk, but we'll see about Adam Foot. And I, I'll probably get a lot of heat for that, but but I'll take it. Another person getting a lot of heat from AJ is Valerie Nachushkin. AJ, you've been pretty vocal in the past about not wanting anything to do with this guy, and yet here he is. How can they make the best of this situation? Buy him out. <laughs> Just right off the bat and be yeah. done with it? Uh, find find the, the, the Russian out clause that seems to magically exist in a bunch of contracts and terminate that thing. I can't say I disagree on that one. I I don't love the move either, to be honest. (laughs) It's, I mean, we're talking, we're talking any, any perceived upside is based on stuff that happened four years ago. Um, I'm, I'm not interested and it's not, it's not like it was a special player back then. It's not like it was a dominant player. It's not, there's, (laughs) This is this is not a guy that you go out on a limb for in this position. When you are you have spent the when you've had the summer that you've had. Two year two years ago, easy. Uh right now, in this spot, why? Is there a world where let's say the abs, another peculiar move they had this offseason that we weren't sure on Colin Wilson. Let's say they don't do that. Can you find room for Val Nachushkin then? Or is it still just this guy just simply isn't good enough? Uh, It's sure. <laughs> sure. Which way? <laughs> sure. I could, you could find, you could find a little bit of room. Okay. But I, before, before we get into this, can I, can I, can I read you a quote? Sure. Okay. Um, I want to read I want to read two quotes and I want you to tell me who they are about. Sure, I'll get this wrong, but let's do it. Okay. Both 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 times they're from Joe Sackick. All right. X player is a young winger who adds depth to our roster and brings competition to our training camp. He brings NHL experience to our team and we are excited to have him with our organization. Okay. All right. Yep. Y player is a young, skilled winger who will add depth to our lineup. We look forward to seeing him at training camp. Okay. Who was he referencing in those two quotes? Well, one's Nachushkin, I know. Quote one is Valerie Nachushkin. 
I suspect two is Burakovsky. Quote two is Neil Yakupov. Oh, that's even worse. Yikes. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's a something that I've seen thrown around as a comparison quite a bit since the signing. And I can't say that it's wrong. It It's a guy that's, you had pedigree in the draft, had a decent rookie year, and then just kind of never showed it again. What's... I didn't listen to yesterday's show. I didn't have time to. Sure, sure. But in your eyes, what's the upside? Because I kept seeing that this, there's, this is an upside play. People people that are fine with this say it's low risk, which, I'll, which we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> and, and that it's easy it's it's upside oh maybe he you know oh he was a top 10 pick so what i said on yesterday's pod was realistically the upside is maybe you get 25 points out of this guy and on an 850k contract on your third line that's fine you're okay. not complaining about that okay the problem there is uh, there's a number of other guys you could get that out of and they're already there right exactly Colin wilson's <laughs> already there Exactly. Colin Wilson just gave that to you. Matt Nieto just gave that to you. Matt Calvert just gave that to you. Tyson Jost just gave that to you. JT Comfort gave that to you. Andre Burakovsky <laughs> gave exactly that to Washington. Right. There's eight guys in the lineup and three or four guys chomping at the bit to get in the lineup that could give you that. Donskoy gave way more, way than, more that. than that yeah. exactly. to, to San Jose. All right, now we're up to the big three and Nazem Kadri. <laughs> now the only guy that didn't give that to you, give give that to somebody last year, is Pierre Edouard Belmar. Right. It, they didn't need it. It's too much of something they've already have. And I don't understand how he fits in the lineup. Simple as that. Where in the world is he going to play? It's, that's what I struggled with. Who's he playing over? Pod. Who's who's he pushing out of the lineup? So when you say it's a no-risk deal, okay, he makes the NHL roster. Now, now you're keeping eight defensemen because you have a huge glut there. Or maybe, hey, maybe you're not. So now, now you pushed, do, now, yeah. you pushed <laughs> Ryan Graves through waivers and he got claimed. So you could sign Val Nichushkin. Or you just you just pushed Kamenev through waivers and he got claimed. You want yeah. to tell me that this is a no risk deal? I'm I'm with you there. I, who I are, think they, who are you risk. comfortable losing on waivers to make room for Val Nichushkin? Me? No one. Okay, so no one. <laughs> now you okay, Nichushkin doesn't make it. So Nichushkin is the guy who goes through waivers. He's damn sure not getting claimed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I All mean, right, what does now where he does do? he play in where does he play in Loveland? Let's say let's say Kamenev makes the roster as the 13th forward. Everybody else is healthy. We'll just go with that for now because we don't know otherwise. We'll say all the other forwards are healthy. And Kamenev makes it as the 13th forward. Nachushkin is the guy that gets buried. Okay. Now you now now you're down there and you've got a top six with some combination of TJ Tynan, Jason Megna. Val Nachushkin. Val Nachushkin, Martin Kaut, Logan O'Connor, Shane Bowers. Oh, look, I've run out of space. Rip A.J. Greer. A.J. Greer? Yeah. You know that they signed Eric Condra. 
yep. to an AHL deal who is a top to six the guy. Top six. Yep. It's so you've got that incredible. guy down there as well. All right. So now, now Val Nachushkin is pushing who exactly who exactly now he's pushing Nick Henry off uh, what to the ECHL. Yikes. What's the, what's the upside there? Where's the upside again? Now you're not, now you're actively not developing prospect, a prospect in the AHL, which is a, which is a development league for your prospects. You already had the veteran presence in the AHL. I haven't even, I didn't even mention Sheldon Dries in any of that. Where is he going <laughs> to play down there? Yeah. Are it's... you cool? You're okay. Great. And, you know, now Sheldon Dries. What about Igor Shvirev? Is he not, what, is he going to be a 4C again for them all season long? He's never going to get to move up? Ty Lewis isn't going to get to go anywhere? Where does Val Nachushkin not actively a detriment somewhere in the Avs organization? Like right. what? Is he going to go down to the ECHL? You want to tell me that this guy is going to go down and play for the Grizzlies? Because that's <laughs> uh, the only way that this doesn't bother me. I mean, that's a quick way to get him to go back to Russia, I guess. But <laughs> it's the thing that that really gets me with this is yes, I think the Evs are too tight and they have too many players to really fit him in anyway. But let's say he gets into the NHL, he has his 25 point season and is successful. What are you going to do then? You're going to sign him to three years, $3 million and overpay for another bottom six guy when you could have a Martin Kaut doing the same thing with two more years of ELC time. I even then just don't get it. Do you, do you give him the same deal that you gave Matt Nieto and let Matt Nieto walk despite the fact that Matt Nieto has been productive and uh, an important Effective, part that, yeah. and an important part of your locker room turning around and figuring it out. Right. It's, you know, these are a bunch of tryhards that they have, they, that they have developed an identity with guys that come in that may not have the most skill, but, but work really, really hard. And they've created a certain level of accountability and culture that you want out of areas on your roster. But okay, let's let's go with that. Say Val Nachushkin does come in and succeed, and he gives you twenty five points, and you keep him. All right, and then so you let Matt Nieto go next year. You let Colin Wilson go next year. I'm not even going to try and pretend what happens with Andre Burakovsky because we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right, now now you've got to try and find homes a uh, home for Martin Kaut. You, you know, maybe Logan O'Connor. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan, but Hey, he was a 40 some odd point player in the AHL last year. You can't just ignore him. You know, you do still want to see, all right, when you need a roster spot for, for Shane Bowers, you'd love to see AJ Greer make a run at it, but okay, maybe not him. What happens if Alex Newhook blows up in, in college and you sign him? What happens if the same thing happens with Sampo Ranta and you sign right. him? It's, you know, now you've committed this guy and you're not moving him around. And now this guy is just permanently sitting in front of you. And your upside is he's a 25 point player. Right. Exactly. Which the, they already had an abundance of. The The question there is why is he getting the opportunity then when you have someone that could potentially be more and maybe he's not there yet. And that's fine if, say, a Martin Kaut isn't quite ready for that. But but you need a way in, for the thing with this is that you need a spot for these guys to exactly. be able to, to, to take them on. Ryan Graves is a perfect example of that. He got an opportunity and ran with it. If he never gets that NHL opportunity, I guarantee you he's buried mediocre defenseman in the AHL because he just simply didn't put up the numbers in that league. Yeah. So the lack of opportunity is 
a bit disturbing to me when you're bringing in guys like this that are essentially replacement level players to potentially take those spots away. Well, and, and the concept of, well, the best players will play is not true because really we've is. seen it not be true year in and year out consistently. We have seen it, especially at the bottom of the roster. They yeah. don't play. They, they value experience over talent. Gabe Bork got oh, 60 games last year and put well, and, and I mean, Sheldon, Sheldon Drives played 40 of them. Yep. You know, and, and okay, like now, now, you know, you would expect those guys were, were all going to be in the mix this year. And now you have Valerie Nachushkin for some reason in this. Like, right. I understand them not trusting Vladislav Kamenev because he couldn't stay healthy. And so that they wanted an extra forward here. They want an extra forward there. But that's why you signed Colin Wilson in a rush on July 1st exactly. and in, in fear that he was going to take an offer and go elsewhere. That's why you signed Pierre-Edouard Belmar was to was to bring in guys that can play those roles and do specific jobs for you in your bottom six. It's why they've continuously paid money to those cats. And, and they brought in veterans like Megna and Tynan to, to be an Encondra on an AHL deal to kind of be the 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 experience buffer that you definitely need. I'm not arguing that it's prospects only in the AHL because that's not a good idea either. But you need some veteran guys down there and they had already gone and gotten them. This doesn't right. for me when you're looking at this kind of signing, you always you one of the questions I always ask myself is what changed? How did the Avs get better in this? What did the Avs get out of this deal that they didn't have before? And in the case of Dachushkin, the answer is just nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. He last put up a decent NHL season in 2015-16, and he had nine goals in 79 games. Why are we acting like that's something? It's crazy. It really is. No goals in 57 games in his last NHL season. If you go back to that, 15-16 season, he didn't score for the last 15 games of the, the year. So he's over 70 games without a goal in the NHL. Well, and it was this was not like a dominant KHL talent. He had 27 points in 50 games in his last go-round in the KHL. This was not a dominant KHL player. Right. It's, it's crazy to me to think that he's worth even giving a look to, to be honest. This is... This is a guy that was a 10th overall pick. And this was the other part of it that drove me crazy yesterday and watching the reaction, the reaction kind of roll into this. Oh, he was a 10th overall pick. Why not take a chance on that talent? Remember that the next time that you want to, you want to burn Tyson Joe's to the ground. Right. <laughs> who's all, who was more than twice as productive as this guy was last year. Yeah, it's, that's pretty hard to to condemn Jost and say that picking up Nichushkin was a good idea. <laughs> right. Um, oh, attempt overall pick. Hey, I'm all about potential, man, but that was six years ago. He's 24 years old now. What are you realistically expecting? And if somebody if somebody realist really thinks that the upside of this is that this guy turns into a 45-point guy, he scores 15 goals, and and really breaks out and lives up to all that potential. And you know what? The 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 crazy part is I can't sit here and say it won't happen. It could. I I think it was extremely difficult for that to happen on the Avs because they simply don't have the room to play him enough to get that out of him. But that skill could be there. 
my question there is, why isn't this a PTO? Were other teams really hard up after him that you had to give him the full year? What do the Avs think that they are going to do differently to get the most out of his talent? What situation? Right. What situation are they going to put him in that will get well that will maximize his talent? And I don't, I don't see them doing anything different because they already need to get Burakovsky in the top six. They need to get Jost in the top six. Even someone like Donskoy, I think, is going to be higher on the list to get into that top six. And so now you're talking about him on the third or potentially even fourth line, depending on how things shake out. And we saw he was playing 11 minutes a night or less last year when he just couldn't get anything done. It's not, it doesn't add up. The opportunity just doesn't, fit with what Nachushkin could even possibly be, let alone he's not there yet. I've got nothing more. There you go. I mean, we'll honestly, just... man, I... <laughs> I think the, it doesn't the silence make any, pretty much sums it, it up. It doesn't make any sense. And the argument of, oh, well, a prospect will outplay that guy, you know, if, if a prospect can't up, How could a prospect outplay the guy when... That that guy is taking up the opportunity that the prospect would have to prove he belongs. Right. Exactly. It's and in, are you serious about development in the AHL or not? Is the <laughs> other thing here because if if you're serious about it, then you don't use it for a burial grounds for guys' NHL careers if they don't make your roster out of training camp. Like if Nijushkin doesn't make it, you have to send him to the AHL where he's probably going to be Mr. Pouty Pants all year. And that's not yeah. that's not a good development environment for your guys to have that guy around all the time. You don't want that either. That's not a good solution. Send him to the AHL. If Hey, if you send him to the AHL and he just takes it on the chin like a champ and bucks up and works really, really hard and goes down there and makes the most of that opportunity and he lights it up for the Eagles and he's great for them, awesome. The world just doesn't usually work that way when it comes to more or less ending a guy's NHL career. They're going to go down there. They're not going to care. You know this. You've seen this time and time again with the Avs. You know, look at Joel Colborn a couple years ago. We were talking about him on Twitter yesterday. Guy that ended up, you know, going down and didn't do anything down there. Eric Jelena went down there and basically used every shift he could to pout his way out of the organization. And... This is a guy in Nachushkin who has already split from Dallas because he didn't like the situation and opportunity that he was getting there. Right. He didn't get along with the head coach, so he took his ball and literally went back home to Russia and waited until Hitchcock was gone and then came back. It turns out, oh, dang, this guy can't play. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's crazy to me, man. Like, the, the potential for harm here when people say, you know, it's a low risk. It's this and that. What's your reward? Why are we talking just about the the risk here? Because the reward doesn't seem to be obvious to me. Because I'm, anybody that's talking themselves into, oh, well, he's a 10th overall pick and he's still pretty young. Like, 24 years old is not when guys break out. Even, yeah. even the bizarre Nathan McKinnon year five breakout, he was, what, 22? Yeah, 22, 21? 23. So, I mean, you're, you're they were in the same draft class. Why are we waiting on Valerie Nachushkin to break out now? Especially with every 
trend of his career has moved in the wrong direction and he's proven to be injury prone. I just, I just, this, it doesn't make sense to me. And I just think it sends the wrong, I think it sends the wrong message to the other guys that they're, that they're not satisfied with what they have was, was, you know, Joe Sackick's quote about him uh, and said that they were looking forward to him creating a competitive camp. Was it all, was it not already going to be that way? Did you need this guy to do that? If you needed a competitive camp, P-T-O. Right. A guy that's literally fighting for his life. Yeah. And then if he didn't want to take your PTO offer because he was going to get a contract offer elsewhere, then let him. I agree. That can be someone else's problem. It doesn't have to be something you now have to deal with as the Avs for the rest of the year. If Valerie Nachushkin's name was Gabe Bork instead, people would have been flipping out. And yep. the reality is, is they were essentially the same player last year. They really were. It's It doesn't make sense to me, but what does make sense to me is being a part of the BSN family. And you know what's so great about our BSN family? That we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition – Go to houselift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing all of these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page, both at houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of the house lifts preferred realtors, they will sell your home without charging a listing commission. We'll be back in segment three with some more rants and raves about the Avs and their signings. Third and final segment of this BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. We've talked about Nachushkin. We started to get into a little bit of how he might affect the development process. And I wanted to take us a little bit further down that road of where the Avs currently sit as a team developmentally and what they need to do to continue improving and start getting some of these players like a Martin Kaut into the NHL and part of the organization more permanently. AJ, I know you've always been a big fan of, of minor league and even junior hockey going back. And honestly, this past year was a very solid one for the Eagles. First time in a long time, the Abs had a minor league team make the playoffs. That's a good jumping off point, especially for some of their higher end guys like a Martin Cowder or a Shane Bowers. But what is the next step for some of these guys, especially now with a Nachushkin in front of them? Uh, well, it's what we talked about last segment, man. It's opportunity. I don't disagree with that because you have to when when Avs fans it's funny that they they feel both of these things right that they like to talk about oh the Avs have been so incompetent about developing their talent but then every time a guy develops pretty well and then gets blocked right at the top and can't quite get over that great hump, it's always the player's fault. 
well, maybe he just wasn't good enough. And sometimes, you know, and I've said that a bunch of times too, you know, Chris Begra wasn't good enough. The thing is, Chris Begra got the opportunity to show us. Right. That. Chris Begra played 30 some odd games in the NHL in a single season. He had, he had some burn there. You know, you talk about, oh, well, AJ Greer is not good enough. Well, AJ Greer is their most productive forward prospect drafted outside the first round in forever. Since 2009, I think. So. Like, he's, he, you know, his his production in the AHL is not something that the Avs have gotten. Right. It, and instead of giving him real opportunities, they gave him, like, little bits and pieces, little nibbles. And, hey, I I look at that and I say, hey, he's had he's had chances that other guys never even got. Very true. Getting anything is something, but right. I mean, look at, look at where he is. Look at where Greer is and the chances he's had. And look where Nick Malosh is and staring at that depth chart and going, are you serious? Yeah. Like, what's the plan for me? If I'm Nick Malosh, I'm going into this camp and I'm, I'm legitimately asking what's the plan for my development. How do I know this organization still believes in me and is still trying to get the best out of me? Because they keep going and putting, going and getting guys at my position to, be, to get right in front of me. Right. It it becomes incredibly hard when you can say, all right, look, he has to outplay this guy to, to make it into the NHL. And then what happens when you get over that and there's another guy to outplay and another guy to outplay and another guy to outplay. And then in the offseason, they go get another guy in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's – you're – running in place at a certain point you're just even if you're making progress you're not moving up the depth chart and i have to imagine that is incredibly frustrating for the player so okay val nachushkin makes the makes the roster martin kelt goes out and scores 25 points in the first 30 35 games right looks ready val Val nachushkin is a healthy scratch every night in the nhl what do you do it's a tough spot. You have to at least try and get Martin Cout in there to give him okay. a look, right? Say, say you kick the can down the road. Okay, well, we'll just we'll just keep letting Martin Cout do his thing. It's not hurting him, which it's not. I don't I don't think it is, but it could be helping him less. Certainly, sure. Like the you're going to start experiencing diminishing returns. Yeah, and that's your fear. But absolutely. Hey, you're you're one of your top forward prospects is blowing it up in the AHL, showing that he needs to be he needs to be pushed and given more opportunity. How's this any different than what we just saw with AJ Greer? Uh, there's more not. bodies in front now. There right. are more there are more bodies there. Uh, the 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 competition is much stiffer, and you're not sitting around as a team saying, "Oh, well, we don't really care about results. We're worried about developing our young guys, and the results will come later." Now you're in win now mode. Right now you're trying to win a division title. You're you're trying to get back to the second round of the playoffs. You're trying to get to the third round of the playoffs. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup. That's the attitude around this organization right now. They're not messing around with, oh, well, the results don't matter. We're we're still developing our young guys and what will be will be and wherever they take us is fine. You're you went out and you spent a lot of resources getting a little older a little more experienced and a little more sure at several positions in order to ensure that you're still competitive at a certain level and to hopefully push you forward. Okay. That's totally fine. I have no bones about that teams deciding that they want to win. That's fine. 
but now you've still got these guys from when you when when you were in a previous mindset you still have to figure out what to do with yeah and that's They're not a bad there. thing you have a really good development you have a really good prospect pipeline right now how you develop it will very very likely be the difference between this group plateauing like the Minnesota Wild did after the Suter and Parise signings or breaking through yeah. and and getting to that next level because these guys are going to have to feed the Avs. Uh, they're going to have to feed them the young players on cheap contracts when the rest of the team gets expensive. The guys who are going to be expensive down the road more or less are already in place. The yep. only guy that probably will not be there all year, may not be there, I don't even want to say probably just because I don't know, would be Bowen Byram. Right. The rest of the guys who are very likely going to cost you major, major money are already on your roster. So you've got to start finding ways, and we've talked about this over and over this summer, to integrate these younger guys into your into your roster and continuing to put these guys in front of them. It's not about... Is Martin Kaut or, or Valerie Nachushkin better right now? Well, if, if Martin Kaut played 57 NHL games this year, I sure have the confidence that he'd score at least one freaking goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have confidence in that we're, as well. We're talking the bar set by this guy that they just brought in is so damn low that it should not take very much for these guys to pass him up. And then your response is, okay, well, then they pass him up. Great. But you signed him. Now you've got to do something with him. He's still sitting there. And that guy, so if he, like we talked about last segment, that guy goes down into Loveland, whose spot in the lineup is he taking that you would otherwise want for a development spot, for a guy? Because you do want your guys playing bigger minutes. You do want Nick Henry getting bigger minutes. You know, Logan O'Connor getting bigger minutes. You can't just look at Travis Barron and Shvirev and Dickinson and Lewis and say, oh, those are all bottom six guys, so they'll just play in the bottom six. I think that's the point that a lot of people miss. If Nachushkin doesn't pan out and he gets outplayed, he doesn't just disappear magically. There's still a 23-man roster limit in the NHL. You can't just make him disappear into the press box forever. Well, and where they had the the excess was on defense, not at forward. Right. They were already filling up their press box on the defensive side. What happens, they're already facing the idea of pushing A.J. Greer through waivers for the first time. And you know... One thing that you guys did not talk about um, in this conversation last week when you talked about Greer and waivers and what happens, every organization has an A.J. Greer. Right. So maybe he doesn't get claimed. But I feel like you're starting to seriously test your luck if you're going to push both Kamenev and Greer, two 50-point players in the AHL, in their in still in their early 20s. And each with a decent amount of NHL experience as well. <laughs> Kamenev sort of certainly has experience practicing I mean, in the NHL. He doesn't qualify for the Calder anymore. So right. I mean, fair enough, but each of those guys, you know, if, if they decide to keep Nachushkin and they push both of those guys through waivers, what happens if they both get claimed? And all of a sudden you're, what happens if LA gone? takes yeah. Vlad Kamenev because they remember him scoring three points against them last year or the two point game that he had uh, in that like seven to two route Blow or whatever. Out, yeah. uh, and, and AJ Greer gets claimed by Winnipeg. Cause they remember him punching their faces in. Right. It's like, okay, now both of those guys are gone and your no risk Val Nachushkin move just cost you two guys. 
turns out there was a little bit of risk there, eh? One of the one of the pieces that you wanted that was supposed to do something in the Duchesne deal, and a guy that you had drafted and developed for the last several years. Right. It's and now it's hey, definitely... great. Now they're now they're all gone and you got nothing for them and Maybe maybe they don't pan out and they go back on waivers and you can reclaim them later and send them down and go on with your merry way. But maybe both of those guys find permanent homes elsewhere because right. you wanted Val Nachushkin. And that's, you know, that's where you're, hey, as a right wing, like he's not messing with the center depth in the organization. Like he's not going to go down and take a center job from Shane Bowers. Sure. But That's why the conversation is focused on Cowden Greer more so. Right. Well, and and for me, Logan O'Connor. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason Megna signed, and I, I can't honestly say I know much about Jason Megna other than he's listed at right wing. We know how those listings can go. I don't really know if he's a right wing or not, but you can't somebody's got to do that. That they added Tynan and Megna both to be centers. So right. one it's of them will be on the wing. Straight up, man. <laughs> And I, defi- I definitely don't think they're both going to be centers. A consideration that I hope isn't part of the reason for all of this. Martin Kaut could slide his contract another year if he doesn't play a significant amount in the NHL. Less than if nine he's years. good enough, I think just let him play. I don't know why keeping that extra year is going to be a big deal on him. I think it could be just because they're good. They are going to get really expensive. So having the five-year ELC could really benefit for them. But right. I don't, I I mean, you didn't need Val Nachushkin to do that. Right. Is the thing. Like you did not, in order to do that, all you had to do was just not call him up. Exactly. You had an AJ Greer. Exactly. You had AJ Greer or something like you that. You had Logan but... O'Connor. You had Sheldon Dries. And those guys were already your depth options. You know, uh-huh. you don't love that. You didn't love them last year, but they're not first option this year. They weren't already. And I mean, clearly the two of us don't love Nachushkin either. So. Well, and like the guy had zero goals last year and he's yeah. never been a big goal scorer. He's never been a huge playmaker. He has 74 points in 223 games. Like why are, why does anybody love this? Why is any, I mean, he's not, he's not a power play threat. He's not, I mean, surely with zero goals and 10 assists in 57 games, he's not much of a threat of any kind, you know? And then he had a 29-point season back in his 20-year-old, his age 20 season in 2015-16. But again, he hasn't torn up the the, the KHL. It wasn't like he had dominant numbers there and they, wow, boy, they're just not translating. He wasn't, he didn't have particularly good numbers there either. It just, for me, man, this just doesn't make sense. And the the trickle-down effect with this one signing, it's more impactful because they didn't have the room for this. They did not right. have the room for the excess forwards. I agree. I the, think that's the biggest negative. The one thing here is, you know, Colin Wilson always gets hurt. Matt yep. Calvert, we don't know. We don't know what he had at the end of at the end of the postseason. Maybe they roll into camp and Wilson and Calvert aren't healthy. And I'm That's, pure. This is a hundred percent pure speculation on my part. I don't know it this, is, but it's the only way that this makes even a little bit of sense, right? right? If they got late August and they're looking at the medicals on these guys and saying they may not be ready, yep, 
And even then, they had better be long-term injuries and not like, oh, they're going to be out for... Even even if they're out until December, you still have to do something with Valerie Nachushkin when they get back. Right. You, If it's not a long-term thing, you could have played A.J. Greer for 10 or 15 games. It's not, right? It's Right. I mean, you could, you could play answer. Greer, give him the most legit NHL shot he's had, play him, let him sink or swim through December, and... If he's doing just fine, then you keep him in the lineup and you're happy that you got a prospect that turned into a player. That's the opportunity that we're talking about that's not going to exist in coming years. Yep. Because what's to say, okay, Colin Wilson and Matt Nieto leave next year. All right, well, if Val Nachushkin has a 20-point season, then they might just keep him too. And then they're going to go out and they're going to get another Val Nachushkin to get in Martin Kout's way again next year. Oh, well, yeah. and then, well, it's on Cout to to climb over that guy and to, and to be better than him. Well, hey, we were already talking about it. Cout had a good AHL year. This, you know, we're projecting, hey, he has a good AHL year, but he just can't get, there's just not space for him right now on the NHL roster. So he's just down there doing his thing. Well, at yeah. what point do you finally just say, all right, well, this guy's done what we want to see. I mean, what they did with Francouz last year is what they're not doing with anybody else. They gave him they gave him a little bit of a look and then they're relying on him and saying, Hey, we'll roll the dice with this because we liked we liked what we saw. We over the overall body of work says you can be our guy. And they're not doing that with any other position. Ryan Graves came up and played 25 good to Ryan Graves has significantly more tape in the NHL that shows that he might be able to play than Francis does, and they they quadrupled down on buoying their trust in Ryan Graves. It's, you know, it's keeping hard. Barbario, getting Connaughton, and, uh, you know, Byram's, Byram's a little bit different. It is. But. And then getting getting Rosen in that deal, like, you're, all of those things signal to me, we don't trust Ryan Graves. I, I agree. that I feel the same way about this Nachushkin thing, is it screams that they don't think Kout's close to ready. And that's, maybe he's not. Maybe there's something that they have that I am not aware of, but... Right now, it just looks like it's going to be impossible for anyone to ever make it to the level of readiness to be in the NHL because there's always people stuck in the front of them. Oh, I think that's probably enough negativity for the day. Well, I so think I, I think we should spend most of the rest of this week talking about this development and talking about that. the pipeline, man, because this is this is the area of the organization we haven't touched on as much. And to be honest with you, this is maybe the only area of the organization where they've consistently failed. They haven't shown great leaps uh, in major improvements in recent years. And now they're, they're continuing to operate in such a way that might be actively doing harm. At, At the very least, certainly makes things more difficult for themselves. And that sounds good to me. You can probably expect more of of that similar type of content throughout the rest of the week. Just to finish things off, since you just got back from your vacation, give me something positive to end on here. Doesn't have to be prospects, but I well, I mean, <laughs> the Abs have a top ten prospect pipeline, and they could be a top ten team this year. Uh, and they're still not going to be anywhere all that close to the salary cap ceiling. And they'll be able to do more or less whatever the hell they want moving forward, man. Like they're still set up better than arguably, I would say, 26-ish NHL teams out there. 
for the next three to five years. Boom. So there you go. They're still set up strong. It's just about executing the game plan now. Yeah, and this is like the Nachushkin thing, like, is a very, like, these conversations we're having are very August. Yes, they are. Like, we're we're getting into the how important is the fourth line, et cetera, et cetera, stuff. So, like, proper proper context here. This isn't the end of the world. Uh, it's just, it's a disappointing move. Agreed. All right. Two and a half more weeks, and then we finally get into rookie camp. That's going to do it for this Tuesday episode of the BSN Avalanche podcast. Thank you for listening, and you will hear from us again tomorrow.